0: The last time we did this, your flyers kicked our butt. so hopefully it doesn't happen again.
1: That <laughs> ah, feels unlikely, but I guess you never know, right? Welcome to Checking Out the Competition, Vancouver Canucks. We are joined by friend of the pod, Trevor Beggs from uh, the Daily Hive and the Locked On Vancouver Canucks podcast. Trevor, how are you doing?
0: I'm doing fantastic, Kelly. I mean, you know, the vibes in Vancouver, uh, especially with these Canucks, have been bad for a long time, but uh, the vibes right now, they're uh, they feeling pretty good.
1: Yeah, we're going to talk about the current vibes because I would imagine the vibes are in fact immaculate regarding the Canucks, but um, since we haven't seen them for a little while, I thought maybe you could just run down anything important or notable that happened in the offseason this year.
0: Well, certainly the, the biggest story of the offseason was the Canucks actually biting the bullet and buying out Oliver Ekman Larson and, uh, you know, not to pump my own tires, but, you know, I kind of said on, on, on my channels that the Canucks needed to make the move and they needed to make it last offseason. A lot of other mm-hmm. pundits in the market didn't think it was going to happen. Um, I will say I was, I, ex- I thought it should happen, but I was pleasantly surprised when it actually happened. I mean, it was the largest ordinary buyout in NHL history. Um, the Canucks are paying Oliver Ekman Larson a lot of money not to play for them. Um, but he was not only an expensive player, but he was a detriment to the team when he was on the ice. So that was the big thing. Aside from that, it was really tinkering around the edges. You know, Casey DeSmith uh, as the backup. Uh, you guys over in Philly probably know him from your Pennsylvania rival pretty well. And then adding guys like Susie, Teddy Bluger, uh, Pew Suter. Um, so a lot of depth tinkering. But uh, the big thing in Vancouver is the Stars got to carry this team.
1: Yeah, so speaking of the Stars, um, about those vibes that you mentioned. So the Canucks are... Two and zero right now. Two games against the Edmonton Oilers, two wins, uh, one of them eight to one in the opener, which is pretty wild. You had Brock Besser scoring a dick trick, and I guess I'm going to assume just an absolutely dominating performance against Connor McDavid and the rest of the Oilers, and then another four to three win against the Oilers on uh, the 14th. So off to a pretty good start there. Is this how you expected the season to get underway?
0: Uh, Not one bit. I would say, you know, the vibes heading into the season opener were we're low. I mean, you know, this fan base has been used to not only mediocrity, but absolute sadness for about 10 years now. And, you know, heading into that opener, you got the Edmonton Oilers who on a, a lot of outlets are not only a Stanley Cup contender, but potentially a Stanley Cup favorite. Um, then you had the Canucks who've been battling injury issues. You have Garland's trade request becoming public, the whole Pedersen contract debacle. I mean, Elliot Freeman was really crapping on this market here uh, with his breaking news stories and not to mention the Canucks could only dress 11 forwards because of their cap situation and injuries. So it's just like you head into that season opener and it just seems like, here we go again. Um, but not only did the Canucks win, but they absolutely throttled the Oilers. So it seems like things really turned in an instant, you know? J.T. Miller is a guy who's gotten a lot of heat in this market. He shuts down McDavid. And, and obviously the Oilers, you knew they were going to respond on Saturday. Um, but for the Canucks to bend and not break, uh, yeah. find a way to win a game that they seem to always lose over the past few years was um, was really, really positive.
1: So, yeah, like last season, I think I said several times out loud to various people, um, well, at least we aren't the Canucks. <laughs> which, like, I mean, you know, glass houses, throwing stones, all that stuff, the Flyers are a disaster. But I guess – are you – oh, sorry, Kat. Um, Does this feel like – I mean, obviously, we're only two games in against one team. Um, The Flyers' season opener against the Columbus Blue Jackets, they looked, I think, better than people expected them to. And I think we allowed ourselves to – feel something resembling optimism for like four and a half seconds after that Columbus game. But then they played the senators and things looked a little bit more flyer like. So I guess that's a long way of me asking, do you think that these two games are representative of what the Canucks will actually be this season? Or do you think that maybe you're going into it with like a little bit of a cautious optimism?
0: Look, I said this coming into the season, but I I do believe that the Canucks are going to be a playoff team. You know, I think they'll be a wildcard team, and it's not going to be easy. I think there's competition there, but um, I look at the Central Division. There's not a lot of strong teams outside of the top three. And in the Pacific, you kind of have your LA, Vegas, and Edmonton. And then after that, I see it as being pretty open. So I, I thought the Canucks are going to be a wildcard team heading into the season. And honestly, you know, right now, it's, I'm not going back on that. I mean, they're 2-0. Um, it, you know, yeah, the defense I can't go, the, can't go back on it yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, The defense certainly still concerns me. Um, you know, especially you got a, a third pairing that's AHL qual- uh, caliber right now. You saw Tyler Myers in your top four. Like, this defense is far from perfect, but you know, there's enough talent here, uh, to get this team to the playoffs, especially if Pedersen and Miller play the way they played the past uh, couple of games here. Um, and uh, obviously with Demko and DeSmet, I think you have a good solid goaltending tandem as well. So, um, you know, with Rick Tockett at the helm, I obviously they performed well last season, but kind of the same thing happened under Boudreau the year before and then last year. It was all for nothing. So I was definitely skeptical heading into the season, but there's yeah. signs of the Canucks playing more structured, playing a, a better brand of hockey, one that doesn't, you know, where they, where they aren't the worst team in the league in terms of allowing chances against. So there's a lot to like about this team. Um, I don't think they're going to be contending for the Stanley Cup this year, obviously, but I, I do think they're a playoff team.
1: I mean, I the path in the West this season seems a lot easier than in the East. It's... I was talking to Mike and McCurdy about this the other day. Um, When I was like a kid, like when I first got into hockey, the Western Conference was always so much stronger than the Eastern Conference. And it feels like that's flipped. So when you have a team like Vancouver, who is maybe on the cusp, the path to the playoffs is like you got some room there, I think, to get in. So, yeah, I think wildcard team does not seem at all like a stretch.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think one team I've been pretty low on are, uh, are the Seattle Kraken. I think they're a team that got you know pretty lucky last season, all things considered. Yeah. Now it's uh, it's obviously very, very early in the season, but they've scored two goals in three games. Um, you look at a team like the LA Kings, who are on the other hand, can't seem to stop anything. So, you know, I mentioned the LA Kings is kind of being a shoo-in for that top three. But, you know, I'm starting to see some of these early results and wondering, can the Canucks be more? But at the end of the day, they just need to make playoffs because that's yeah. <laughs> for a market that's been as bad as it's as the Canucks have been for the past 10 years, like it's just about making the playoffs and then kind of see what happens from there.
1: So you mentioned Rick Tockett, um, our old friend, he was kind of being kicked around as one of the potential president of hockey operations names for the flyers before he took that coaching job with the Canucks. Do you think that his tenure so far, has it made a difference? Like, is this turnaround a result of Rick Tockett or, is this more of the, the players just kind of turning it on or buying in or whatever they say?
0: Yeah, I, I do think Talkit has the team playing with more structure. And that was a word that probably got used almost too much in Vancouver. But, you know, under Bruce Rudrow, it was kind of telling some of the comments from the players. And, and what Ethan Bear said at the end of last season really stuck with me. Yeah, He had an interview after the Canuck season concluded, and he said coming from Carolina, Vancouver, he was shocked at how unstructured the Canucks were. And he said he felt like it was every man for himself out there. So I think when Tockett came in, that was his big thing, was to get this team playing with some structure. Whereas under Boudreaux, he's kind of just, he's the feel-good coach. You know, he's just trying to make you feel good out there, but not really an X's and O's, guys. Whereas Tockett, definitely more so is about the X's and O's. And again, you could see signs of the Canucks playing more structured last season, but they had the Mm -hmm. second softest schedule in the league. I mean, there was a bit of a different situation than right now, where the games actually matter again. So I, I do think he has his team playing the right way. And I think talkit you know, from just kind of hearing him at press conferences and getting to talk to him a bit, it does seem like he has a good balance of, you know, being a bit of a hard ass for lack of a better term, but also being a player's guy too. And I know yeah. in previous interviews, he talked about having, you know, to be a player's guy and learning that in Pittsburgh with like Crosby and Malkin and them. So, you know, I think he's got the right mentality, the right makeup. I, I believe he was the right guy for the job. I mean, you, the Cucks didn't necessarily handle it the right way when they hired him, but uh, <laughs> that, that shouldn't take away from the fact that I think Tockett is in the right place and that he is the right man for the job here in Vancouver.
1: Yeah, so far seems to be working. Um, so you mentioned Pedersen, Besser, J.C. Miller as guys that have stood out so far. Um, outside of those kind of big-name guys that we are already aware of, has anybody been playing particularly well so far this season?
0: Well, damn! In that eight-one game, everyone looked pretty good, but uh, yeah, yeah. yeah I up guess eight to
1: one is hard for anybody to be. <laughs> <bad>.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll, I'll I'll shout out a couple of guys here. Um, Nils Hoglander, who I think has been through quite a bit, or through his first three years in the NHL, uh, I thought he looked really strong uh, against the Edmonton Oilers on Saturday night. You know, that's a guy who comes into the NHL, gets thrown into a top six role right away, and then fast forward two years, and he's in the AHL. I mean that. That doesn't really seem to happen. Um, but he's come into camp. He earned a spot. And against the Oilers, he was had the second lowest amount of even strength ice time, but he was on the ice for two goals, four, and helped play a role in those two goals, scoring one and setting up another. So uh, that's a guy who I think has the skills, and he's showing some tenacity under to Tocket to make it work in the NHL. And the other guy, shout out, is Casey Smith. I mean, you know, the Canucks, for as much as they throttled Edmonton uh, in game one of this season, game two, I mean, Edmonton did outplay them pretty heavily. You know, seven power plays has certainly helped with that. But Desmith was started in who started in game two, stood on his head, made a number of good saves, kept the team in it. And you know, Desmith can provide the Canucks with solid backup goaltending. And Demko can do his thing. I mean, um, you know, goaltending is you know a bit of a a, a shit show across the league. Uh, There, but um, yeah, I mean, if the Canucks can have solid goaltending with those two, they're going to be in a good spot.
1: So there's not really a lot to. I think, infer from this two games into the season. But I did notice that DeSmith has uh, more playing time so far than Demko. Is that just because they wanted to get DeSmith in there and just like see what he had? (laughs) Or is Demko like banged up or something?
0: Uh, 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 There's a funny story on that one. And and it's funny because McDavid's comments after game one. So basically DeSmith got thrown into the game midway through the third period when the Canucks were up seven to one. Mm. And and McDavid acted all – he acted like a bit of a, a piss baby. He was being a bit rattled, being like, oh, why are they throwing in their back of goaltender? Uh, what Taka said after that game is apparently Demko was battling the flu in game one and ah. decided to tough it out. And then midway through the third period, <laughs> Taka said he pulled Demko from the game after he puked in his mask.
1: <laughs> oh, I do remember reading that.
0: Yeah. So that's, that's what it's like. players the are so, so far. <laughs> batshit
1: insane sometimes. Like – Buddy, don't don't barf in your helmet.
0: <laughs> I know, right? Well, I mean, at least he kind of kept it uh, kept it together. But you know, I think barfing on the ice would have caused more of a, a headline.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that would have been a little bit more dramatic. But that's just one of those things where it's like, all right, listen, we know that you're a tough guy, hockey players, but every now and again, you could probably ask your coach to give you a night off so that you're not
0: barfing. <laughs> that was inside the first of game helmet. of the season, you know, like all the talk yeah. in this market for the last four or five months is. The Cunks have to get off to a good start. They started, you know, they had expectations coming into last season and lost seven in a row. So I think the team put a lot of pressure on themselves to start off on the right foot, and including Demko. I mean, Demko has been a great goalie since he came into the league and last year played his worst hockey at the beginning of last season. So I think unless his uh, arms and legs were falling off, he was going to play that game.
1: That's fair enough. These guys are crazy anyway. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned the defense is a little bit sus. Is that the, really the weakest spot on this team?
0: Yeah, I think so. That, that and the penalty kill. I mean, the penalty kill almost set an NHL record last season for being, you know, the worst penalty kill in NHL history. Um, and I think that was a big priority of this offseason was to improve that, you know, bringing in Ian Cole, Carson Soucy, Pew Suter, Teddy Bluger, uh, the trade for Sam Lafferty, like all of those guys are guys with penalty killing experience at the NHL level. Because, um, I mean, it, it couldn't have been any worse than last year. Last year was so bad. I mean, any power play I think an AHL power play could have you know gone three for five against the Canucks on a given night it was Mm. it was so bad last season so I mean um yeah I mean you hope it's better this season I think if the penalty kill is even average I mean that's a massive step in the right direction but it's the penalty kill and the defense for me are definitely the two weaknesses on this team um and right now like the Canucks have decided to put Hughes and Hronick on the top pairing so Mm
1: -hmm. after
0: that it's 34 year old Ian Cole uh, Tyler Myers, who is just a master of chaos, and then two AHL defensemen, Noah Juleson and Nikito Hirose. So, yeah, it's, it's, this is not a strong defense. It's not a deep defense. So there is definitely some opportunity for the opposition uh, to pick apart the Canucks on some of those bottom two pairings.
1: Well, you'll be happy to learn that the Flyers' defense is also a little bit... Uh,
0: How, how's messy? Erasmus Ristolainen doing?
1: He's still out. Um,
0: oh, okay. I'm yeah, sure if he's going to play. Helpful.
1: Well... Yeah, we also have, you know, Sean Walker seems to be a fixture so far. He's a,
0: he's a guy. He's a guy.
1: He is a guy. Yeah, that's exactly how I would describe him. And then um, we have uh, no number one defenseman. We have Travis Travis Anheim, who is theoretically a number two, but seems to have periodic struggles. He didn't look super great in the game against Ottawa. And then like a bunch of rookies figuring it out. So Good times. For How about, how's
0: how's Cam York been looking?
1: Uh, so far so good. Um, he is, I think, going to end up being a pretty solid second pair defenseman. Um, there was some talk last season about he and Tortorella kind of bat- butting heads a little bit. Um, I guess over Cam York's attitude, like which seems like a very John Tortorella hmm. thing to focus yeah. on. Yeah. Um, but so far this season, pretty good. Um, he's he's one of the the better ones, for sure.
0: Hmm.
1: And then we have a, a couple of other kids that have been rotating in and out. Igor Zamula and Emil Andre. Zamula looked mm-hmm. good in the game against Columbus. Um, Andre played in the game against the Senators and was mm, all right. But, yeah. yeah. Let's just say that the the Canucks will also have some opportunities to capitalize on weak defense <laughs> in this game. So it might be a barn burner. I don't know. although. The goalies might make up for it. I guess we'll see. Um, yeah, so outside of everything we've talked about, again, two games in, not a lot going on, but is there anything else you think we should know about the Canucks heading into this game?
0: I mean, the power play has been absolutely buzzing. So I, know, I talked about the Canucks' weak penalty kill. I don't know how the Flyers' penalty kill has been looking. I'm guessing it's not, uh, you know, tops in the, in, in the NHL or anything, but the Canucks' power mm-hmm. play has looked deadly through the first mm-hmm. uh, couple games of the season. And, you know, they were 11th overall in the, in the NHL last year. Uh, they've had to figure things out. Like Bo Horvat was one of the league leaders in power play goals. He'd been in, in the bumper spot there for a long time. Uh, but Tockett, a big thing for him was kind of getting movement on the power play, not having guys in the same spot. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that first unit, you got Miller, Pedersen, Hughes, Kuzmenko, and Besser, and they look dynamite. So, um, yeah, watch out for that. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's a pretty that's a pretty sick first power play unit. Like, Because <laughs> yeah. the, the Canucks are, have always kind of been one of those teams that even when they're not great, like the top end talent is still pretty sick, like Pedersen and yeah. Besser and stuff like that. They're very fun to watch.
0: Yeah. And I guess the only other thing I'll add, to is I know when we did this chat last year, I was pretty convinced, you know, the Canucks after an 0-2 or 0-3 start, we're going to go to Philly and write and the ship. And that did not happen. So I'm mm. uh, not going to predict anything this time around, but uh, I, I certainly well, hope that, you know, my prediction about the Canucks winning comes true this year.
1: Oh, Trevor, you are predicting something. Because I ask everybody to predict the final score. So you have
0: to do it. I am gonna be uh I'm gonna be generous to the Flyers here. Oh I'm gonna say that the Flyers win in a shootout. Canucks okay. Nation Nation's not gonna be happy with me. But I'm gonna say they I'll tough it you- out. Maybe it's a little reverse drinks though. I mean who knows? But I'm gonna say the Flyers win in a shootout, um, five to four.
1: Okay. If this game goes to shootout, no one in Philadelphia will be happy either because uh, the Phillies play at 8 o'clock, so no one's going to want to be focused on the Flyers.
0: Well, that's that's, that's probably the Flyers' brand this season is making people mad in in their market, right?
1: Honestly, this season, last season, the season before it, probably next season too, so you're not wrong. Um, I'm also going to be generous to the Flyers. I have not picked them to win in the first two games. So I'm going to say home opener. They're going to actually put something together and – win this game. I'm going to say, I want to say 3-1, but I think there's absolutely no way they they hold the Canucks to one goal. So I'm going to say 4-3, but in regulation so that everyone can get the hell out of there before the baseball game starts yeah
0: well I I think last year you picked a Canucks win I picked a, uh I think no sorry I think last year we both predicted that the Canucks were going to win and the Flyers won now we're both predicting the Flyers win so the Canucks are going to win reverse psychology baby let's go
1: oh no I played right into it too I fell <laughs> for it what a sucker all right Trevor tell people where people can find you on the internet
0: yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Trev Beggs. That's B E G G S, and from there you got links to my writing, which is on Daily Hive, publication across Canada. over at Offside, their sports platform where I write about the Canucks. You can also find me podcasting uh, for the Canucks on the Locked On Canucks podcast. Uh, you can find that on YouTube, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. So uh, if you want to figure out here what John Tortorella's old team is doing up to, you know, we'll try to entertain ya. Okay, come check it out.
1: I always I feel like every team I talk to is John Tortorella's old team. I always forget. It's,
0: yeah, he's, he's he's been around more than I know. He's okay, been around.
1: Yeah. All right, Trevor. Thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Uh, I hope you enjoy that weird three p.m. start time that you've got to deal with out there. I'm sure that's kind of annoying for everybody. Um,
0: yeah. yeah. Although yeah. I
1: did say the other day that I'm going to move to the West Coast simply for the starting times for sports games because the idea of sports being done at like 8 p.m. sounds very delightful to me
0: (laughs) oh tell me about it I uh I I was actually just out east for about a week in Ottawa it's where my wife's family's from and uh yeah covering Canucks games that end at like 12 31 in the morning yeah it's it's good for a week but it's uh it's not great
1: it's not great I, I I think it was about five seasons ago I pretty much just threw in the towel on West Coast games for the Flyers I'm like yeah I'm not watching these I'll I'll check it out tomorrow. I'll catch the highlights. <laughs> Cuz there's just no way. Anyway, Trevor, thank you so much. I hope you enjoy the game. Hope everyone listening enjoys the game. I hope both teams have fun out there. Go Flyers.
0: Yeah, Kelly, all the best to you and your listeners.